Hi, everybody. Welcome to another edition of the Cheryl Atkinson Podcast. Today, I want to talk about my analysis of the recent Inspector General report about former FBI Director James Comey's actions regarding seven secret memos he wrote as FBI Director about his conversations with candidate and President Trump. I went into this with no preconceived notions about what the Department of Justice Inspector General found in the dozens of pages of his report. I'd seen and read a few news reports, but I rarely make up my mind these days for sure without seeing the source information myself. So that's what I set out to do. By way of background, in July 2017, the Department of Justice Inspector General began investigating whether former FBI Director James Comey improperly handled and shared those memos, including some containing classified information. The report found Comey guilty of multiple violations and referred him for possible prosecution. The Justice Department, you may have heard, declined to prosecute. After the IG report was issued, Comey declared exoneration and asked for apologies via Twitter. He tweeted, I don't need a public apology from those who defamed me, but a quick message with a sorry we lied about you would be nice. However, reading the report, almost the entirety of it consists of harsh criticism and denouncements of Comey's violations of Justice Department, intelligence community, and FBI policies, violations of an executive order, it says, and violations of his own FBI employment agreement. So what did Comey really do wrong, according to the IG? I boil it down to 10 things. Number one, outside of the FBI office, the IG says, Comey improperly used his personal safe and personal devices, including his personal laptop and printer, to create, revise, store, and transmit the memos about his conversations with President Trump. Number two, these memos, you have to understand, are government documents that belong to the public, and they require special handling. Some of them contained classified information. Comey, says the Inspector General, improperly treated them as if they were personal memos. Number three, Comey used his personal devices, even though the FBI had outfitted his home with a secure, controlled access room for such business. It's called a Sensitive Compartmentalized Information Facility, or SCIF. It's designed exactly for this. The SCIF at Comey's home contained a secure printer and a secure safe. When asked by the Inspector General why he failed to use the SCIF, Comey said he, quote, wasn't thinking about the memos belonging to the government. He thought, he said, this is for me. So he used his personal unclassified system for the work. As an aside, Comey described his skiff as a sweat box, a very, very small windowless closet in his basement that he said was always about 110 degrees. However, the inspector general said multiple times that Comey never told anybody he considered these memos about President Trump to be his personal property rather than government work documents. He only said that when the IG questioned him about the violations. The IG said that Comey's argument that the memos were personal records was, quote, not reasonable. That's given statements Comey had made to the IG and others in which he recognized the memos were work-related. And the IG said it was not reasonable for Comey to say they were personal, given the, quote, clarity of relevant provisions of law, policies, and Comey's employment agreement. Number four, 
Despite knowing at the time that at least one memo contained classified information, Comey says the IG did not appropriately mark it with classification banners, portion markings, or a classification authority block. This violated an executive order, as well as policies of the intelligence community, the Justice Department, and the FBI, says the IG. Number five, when President Trump fired Comey on May 9, 2017, Comey failed to follow requirements to surrender the FBI documents he'd stored in his personal home safe, and he did not tell the FBI about them. As the IG report stated, quote, We found it particularly concerning that Comey did not tell anyone from the FBI that he had retained copies of the memos in his personal safe at home, even when his chief of staff, the FBI's associate deputy director, and three supervisory special agents came to his house on May 12, 2017 to inventory and remove all FBI property. Number six, the IG found that Comey committed multiple violations by releasing those government memos to third parties without required authorizations. After he was fired, Comey improperly transmitted 12 copies of the memos to his personal attorneys without approval, four memos to each of three lawyers, this is prohibited without express permission. Number seven, Comey also gave a copy of one memo to his friend and FBI colleague, Columbia Law School professor Daniel Richmond, with instructions for Richmond to leak the information to the New York Times in order to achieve Comey's stated personal political goal, the appointment of a special counsel to investigate Trump-Russia collusion and obstruction of justice allegations. Number eight, after Comey was fired, FBI officials handling his departure obtained copies of those memos from the FBI offices where Comey had also distributed and stored them. Now, these FBI officials said they didn't know that Comey had retained copies in his personal home safe, which he should not have done. They also did not know that he had leaked to the New York Times or given copies to his attorneys. On June 7, 2017, the FBI gave Comey copies of all his memos to review, the ones that they had in their possession, before he testified about them to Congress. They did that so that he could refresh his memory. They didn't know that he had his own copies. During this review, Comey saw markings indicating that the FBI had classified additional material in one of his memos. However, says the IG, he failed to alert the FBI that he had given copies of this to his attorneys. Number nine, on June 8, 2017, the next day after the FBI gave the memos to Comey to review, the FBI finally learned that Comey had shared with the Times, through an intermediary, Professor Richmond, the contents of one memo when he admitted this in his congressional testimony. Comey later told the IG he believed his leak to the Times would, quote, change the game by creating extraordinary pressure on the leadership of the Department of Justice, which Comey did not trust, to appoint a special counsel. Now, the IG found that Comey's leak to the Times, quote, made public sensitive investigative information related to an ongoing FBI investigation. As the IG report stated, quote, members of Comey's senior leadership team used the adjectives surprised, stunned, shocked, and disappointment to describe their reactions to learning that Comey had acted on his own to provide the comments of the memo through Richmond to a reporter. The unauthorized disclosure of this information, the IG goes on to say, 
information Comey knew only by virtue of his position as FBI director, violated the terms of his FBI employment agreement and the FBI's pre-publication review policy. And number 10, Comey was not fully forthright in his congressional testimony on June 8, 2017. Although he admitted to the Times leak, he omitted that he had transmitted those 12 additional copies of memos to his personal attorneys without the required authorization. The FBI only learned this when officials talked to Richmond. Again, from the IG's report, quote, By not safeguarding sensitive information obtained during the course of his FBI employment, and by using it to create public pressure for official action, Comey set a dangerous example for the over 35,000 current FBI employees and the many thousands more former FBI employees who similarly have access or knowledge of non-public information. And so what is Comey's response to all of this? Well, Comey told the IG he was compelled to take the actions he took, quote, if I love this country, and I love the Department of Justice, and I love the FBI. Comey also said he believed he was uniquely situated to leak the information to the Times as a private citizen, but that he chose to do this through an intermediary, Professor Richmond, because he did not want to respond to follow-up questions from reporters. The IG concluded that if current or former FBI employees were to follow the example of their former director— and disclose sensitive information in service of their own strongly held personal and political convictions, the FBI would be unable to dispatch its law enforcement duties. As the IG report declared, quote, Comey had several other lawful options available to him to advocate for the appointment of a special counsel, which he told us was his goal in making the disclosure. What was not permitted, says the IG, was the unauthorized disclosure of sensitive investigative information obtained during the course of FBI employment in order to achieve a personally desired outcome. Now, in the end, Comey was correct when he tweeted that the IG, quote, found no evidence that Comey or his attorneys released any of the classified information in the memos to members of the media. But it's hard to consider that sub-sub-sub finding by the IG much consolation amid what reads like a sea of documentation about Comey's wrongdoing, at least according to the Inspector General. With that in mind, and considering that others have been prosecuted for similarly mishandling or leaking government documents, or for allegedly misleading the FBI, does James Comey, as he says, deserve an apology? You can decide for yourself. This short podcast focused on one theme of the IG report. I have other analyses coming about things that I noticed that I did not see widely reported. So subscribe to this podcast or watch out for more on my website, CherylAckison.com. By the way, there's a print version of this information published in The Hill. I hope you enjoyed listening. If so, give it a thumbs up or a good review and share with your friends. Leave your comments for me at CherylAckison.com. And beginning September 8, 2019, I'll be starting a second podcast, the companion to my Sunday TV program, Full Measure. The podcast will be called Full measure after hours. We'll have behind-the-scenes information on our original reporting around the world, reporting that is always original and off-narrative. I hope you'll subscribe to the Full Measure After Hours podcast. It's available now, as well as this one. Do your own research. Make up your own mind. Think for yourself.